I'm Rajiv Chandrasekharan, and this is Upstanders, stories of extraordinary citizenship in unexpected places. One of those stories comes to us from Memphis, Tennessee, where a mosque moved across the street from a church. You'd think these two were poised to hate each other, but something wildly different happened. That's coming up later. It's these kind of stories I want to tell on Upstanders. I spent 20 years at the Washington Post writing about war and crime and government dysfunction. When you read the headlines or turn on the news or scroll through your social media feed, you could easily mistake America as a nation lost. We want to pause and reflect to go beyond that hatred and vitriol and show you a different story of America. This story isn't bound by party affiliations or religious beliefs. This story is not dependent on living in one zip code over another. It's not left-leaning or right-leaning. It's not about your income or your wealth. From Salt Lake City to Memphis to Baltimore, upstanders remind us of the choice we have every day. To stand by or to stand up. Now, you might be asking yourself, why is Starbucks making a podcast? Howard Schultz is the chairman and chief executive of Starbucks. This podcast is his idea. So we sat down together to talk about it. When I began to think about the role and responsibility of a company and and really asking ourselves rhetorically, are we pleased with the direction of the country and are we concerned about all the people that are being left behind? There are so many people in America who have lost hope in the promise of the country. And uh, as a result of that, these are the kind of things I think we should be talking about. I'm sure there's some people who are probably asking themselves, what's an upstander? Well, as you know, we were having town hall meetings around the country to talk about the issues around racism in America. Uh, I had used a term many times. Uh, This is a time in America where we cannot be bystanders. And a young woman stood up and said, I agree we shouldn't be bystanders, but I have something to add to that. We should be upstanders. As soon as she said that, I think we all went, upstanders. And that became the rallying cry, we cannot be bystanders. I think it's incumbent on all of us to recognize that we have a stake in all of this as citizens and as people, and our democracy has been built on civil engagement. And it's not enough just for a business to do more. We also have to recognize that as citizens, we need to do more. The first story that we want to share is set on the outskirts of Memphis, Tennessee. Here's Sujin Pak with the story. Origin Liam was born and raised in Syria. This is Dr. Bashar Shalab. He's a cardiologist. I'm uh, married, uh, lived in Memphis for 26 years, and a father of six. Three boys and three girls. Dr. Shalab is a leader in Memphis's Muslim community. And back around 2007, he had a vision. We felt we needed not just a place of worship. He wanted to build an Islamic community center outside Memphis. So we were looking for a big piece of land. And we kept looking for two to three years. I still vividly remember that there was one piece of land and once it was uh, clear that this was going to be sold for Muslims, uh, we got a phone call through our agent and they said, well, 
this is not for sale anymore. My name's Steve Stone, and I'm the lead pastor at Heartsong Church. Heartsong is uh, a church that was started for people who don't like church, who thought they would never go to church, didn't want anything to do with church. I describe us as a grateful, recovering, Jesus-following tribe of knotheads, hotheads, potheads, sots, and assorted nuts. And then we say, if you don't fit any of those categories, you're in denial, and we'll take you to. Heartsong Church sits on Humphrey Road. It is dubbed uh, Church Road. That's not really its name, but there's so many churches around. There's a church uh, on every corner, and then a church in between the two churches, and then another church in between. And it was here that Dr. Shala found a piece of land. He was nervous, to say the least, about how the Muslim community would be received in this historically Christian neighborhood. The spread of terrorism in the name of Islam has made it difficult. We uh, were hearing of the problems that were happening with communities rejecting Muslims, establishing a worship center. But he put in the bid on Humphrey Road anyway. And our offer was accepted. Then we went into the newspaper. I'll never forget the morning. Uh, there was a big article at the bottom of the page about a group of Muslims who had bought 30 acres and were planning to build a complex. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, that's interesting. Pastor Steve realized that the Islamic Center would be right next door to Hartsong. When I saw that it said Humphrey Road, uh, honestly, my stomach tightened up a little bit. Pastor Steve knew a lot of people in his congregation felt the same way he did. So he prayed. And um, immediately, the story of the Good Samaritan started playing in my head. I remembered the story about what it means to be a good neighbor. I was totally ignorant of uh, Muslim faith, Muslim culture. And I realized that what I was being led to do was find a way to love these people. One day, Dr. Shala was driving to check out their new land. As he approached the spot where the center would be built, he saw something that stopped him in his tracks. Across the street was a huge banner spanning the lawn, and it read, Heartsong Church welcomes Memphis Islamic Center to the neighborhood. This was a total surprise. We did not expect this. We did not expect to be welcomed. The two men had never met in person, but the sign forged a connection between them that would change everything. Soon after, construction began, but getting the center finished was taking a lot longer than anyone planned. The prayer hall was not ready three weeks prior to Ramadan. And we thought, what if we don't have a place to pray? Dr. Shala had promised his community they would have a mosque in time for Ramadan. And the light bulb came on. We got a call 
asking if we could have a meeting. And this was the first time I met Bashar. So I said, Steve, uh, we have a predicament here. And I laughed because we had been through several construction projects. <laughs> I knew how that was going to go. Those contractors, they're equal opportunity delayers. Dr. Shala asked Pastor Steve if they could use Heartsong Church to celebrate Ramadan if construction on the mosque wasn't finished on time. I said, how many people are you talking about? He said, well, maybe, I don't know, 100, maybe even 200. And I said, well, the only room we've got where 200 people could meet and pray is the room that we use for worship. And you'd be most welcome to it. He said, well, I'm going to pray that our building is complete and we don't have to come into your building because I know that could cause you some trouble. And I said, okay, I'm going to pray a competing prayer. I'm going to pray that you have to come in, at least for a few days. I was shocked. I was, I said, this man's insane. (laughs) I'm not going to do this. Mark Sharp had been going to Heartsong for 10 years. Me and my wife both were thinking about leaving the church because I, I just did not accept what was going on at all. As the first night of Ramadan approached, nobody really knew how any of this would play out. The first night we show up, there would be a group at the door welcoming our congregation. And they would be there the whole time, just taking care of us. They invited us to come in if we wanted to and and be a part of it. It was a home for us and it was a home for them. But not everybody was happy with this arrangement. Pastor Steve says about 20 members ultimately left his church. We hated to see him go. We worked with him. We tried to help him understand what we were doing and why. But at the same time, we realized that if that's what they really believed, that's how they really felt, that they weren't heart song anyway. It was a very hard thing to know that I was wrong. For those members who stayed, this situation, while not easy, started to open up their minds. I'm a painting contractor. I constantly, people put me in a a category of being less than, and I'm none of that. But I was doing it to other people. (laughs) In a sense, I was the the problem. (laughs) What was going on with the world today? (laughs) I was the problem. When you meet people from other backgrounds and you realize how similar they are to you, then there isn't that concept of otherness, that there's somebody else. This is Sadia Omer, a member of the Islamic Center. The tension comes from people not knowing. There were people here that are African-American, Asian, Middle Eastern, all walks of life. And so it's important to get rid of that ignorance. That year, when when we finished Ramadan, things were were different. People would run into each other at the mall and they would look at each other and say, do you go to Heartsong? Oh, do you go to MIC? Oh, I know who you are. We have people that know who we are, truly know our real character, our values. They know that we are not in any way related to the atrocities. 
that are committed in the name of our faith. After weeks of praying alongside Heartsong, the Memphis Islamic Center completed construction and opened its doors across the street. And more plans are in the works. MIC and Heartsong are building a park. It's a real-life monument to the connection they've built. They're calling it... Friendship Park. The park will sit directly between their two communities, with a bridge spanning Humphrey Road. Because that bridge can connect a lot of people. And if people can get that, that build, there will be a lot less problems and a lot less wars in this world. I think our friendship is an opportunity to say, this is the right side of history. The history of America has been about the melting pot of the country and all the things that we as a people have been able to accomplish has been the result of the diversity of the millions of people who make up the United States of America. There's been a rush to judgment that in my view creates fear, anxiety, and unfortunately a significant amount of prejudice. And what I really am concerned about is how this is being imprinted on young people who are growing up at a time when the people who don't look like them or dress like them, they're being painted with a very, very dark symbol, almost a scarlet letter that says, you are not Americans or you don't belong in this country. That story gives me the chills every time. I hear it. The courage that Steve had there, he took that other path, the harder path, and came with some cost for him. I mean, his own congregation. Several of them left. Yeah. But he pushed on because he felt it was the right thing to do. And he had faith. He had faith not only in God, but he had faith in his own people that once they were able to see the sense of humanity in people who were different than them they would recognize that we have much more in common than we are different. I think it's a story for our times. Selfless acts of kindness are not the exception. They're going on throughout the country, and our obligation is to tell their story. And I think selfishly, my hope and intention is that other people will recognize their personal responsibility as citizens to do the same. Next week on Upstanders, we go to Baldwin, Michigan, where 52% of the people live below the poverty line. So for most high school seniors, paying for college was out of the question, until local residents did something remarkable. If you've been inspired by these stories and want other people to hear them, the single best way to help out this podcast is to rate, review, and subscribe. And of course, tell your friends and neighbors. And if you're really inspired, teach someone new how to download a podcast. It's easy. Our story today was narrated by Su Jin Pak. Casey Holford composed our music. Thanks to Howard Schultz for his vision and support. This 
is a Starbucks original series produced by Panoply with Fanny Cohen, Andrew Chug, Whitney Donaldson, Margaret Kelly, Jordan Bell, Zach Dinerstein, Ann Hepperman, and Rob Abia. I'm Rajiv Chandrasekharan. Thanks for listening.